Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. You could really use the JAG Advantage. What's the JAG Advantage? The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996 with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage. Score with the Jim Allen Group at thejagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity. 5-4-3 double play here in the top of the first inning. UNC able nice. to turn two here in the top of the first against Georgia Tech. The ACC Baseball Championship, that's where we are. Alongside Mark Bergen, Dennis Cox here with you. Again, we're at Durham Bulls Athletic Park today. ACC Baseball Championship underway. Game number two. UNC, Georgia Tech in the top of the first. Two outs for the Yellow Jackets. They're up to bat. Again, two outs, top of the first. But let's go down to Sunrise. Bring on Pat Welter, WREL Sports, joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Big five questions for Pat Welter from the Big Five. All right, first things first. What's the vibe around the team today? It's 3 nothing hole for the Carolina Hurricanes in this series, Pat Welter. But what was the vibe like today being around Rob Brindamore and the players? Uh, a whole lot more relaxed than uh, what we saw last night, which uh, maybe the defining image was Jesper Kokinyemi smashing his stick and Jack Verrilli kind of shielding himself helplessly behind him. Yeah, they've calmed down a little bit, and it's a weird dichotomy, right? Like, you're down 3 nothing in the series. On the surface, to somebody who hasn't watched, you're like, oh, they're getting dominated. And I know you guys know this. That couldn't be further from the truth. So it's the same message we have been getting that, you know, they're going to make little adjustments game to game, but overall they feel good about where they are. They just haven't been quite good enough. They've given their best. It hasn't been good enough. And that's the problem in a sport like hockey where it's an imperfect measurement. You know, it's, it's goals. It's not a game to 100 in basketball where it can work itself out. You know, I kind of look at the series though a little bit to bring a basketball analogy as, it's kind of like you, you, you say the threes haven't gone in. Like, they were playing well, but the threes haven't gone in. Yeah. Well, why aren't the threes going in? And to me, and you look at a team when that's happening, sometimes it's because the shots aren't in rhythm. And I think that's what we've got going on right now with the Canes. But, yes, they're getting chances. They're generating shots, even some grade A shots. But they don't feel like they're in rhythm when they're taken. They feel like they're being maybe second-guessed at times. You know, I'll go back to Stephen Mason with the borderline breakaway last night. Marty Natchez, the game before, I mean, you can make a list. So right now the shots aren't in rhythm. There's a, a baby Bobrovsky's in their head a little bit, and uh, they got one more game to figure it out. The margin is gone. Pat, was last night's game the biggest of Rod Brindamore's coaching career? Wow, that's a deep question. No, no. I mean, I don't think any of this, you know, there's, if you're sitting around right now today saying, you know, the blueprint needs to be uprooted and Rob Brindamore needs to be on the hot seat, and I'm not saying that's what you're saying, but if that's what some people are thinking, I mean, you're completely wrong. I mean, you've got to appreciate where you are. You've got to appreciate what this guy has done, the culture that he's built. Uh, I mean, this is a legend for the Canes franchise. Now, that doesn't give him carte blanche to be above criticism, but this is the Final Four. You've made it to being one of the best teams in the league. They've elevated slowly over time, and something that kind of kept getting harkening back to today was the 2019 team and maybe the similarities here versus there and the experience that they have now and, you know, hoping that that could get them to persevere. But, you know, 
Rod was calm in the face of the questions today. I asked him, like, you know, do you need the guys to loosen up at all? Do you need them to just let it rip? You know, you got nothing to lose. And he's like, no, nothing to lose. We have everything to lose. Hmm. We need to win a game. So if you got one guy to lead your your franchise, I still think it's it's Roddy B and Rod we all trust. And, uh, yeah, it's an uphill battle. But it, was that the biggest game of his career? It's hard for me to say. But I think there's going to be bigger games to come. I'll, let's just put it that way. Pat Welter, WRL Sports, joining us here in the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Lots of Mark Berg and Dennis Cox here with you. It's our big five questions for Pat Welter of the big five. If the Canes fall in this series, are we blaming one particular person, or what are we blaming if the Canes fall in this series? You Other know, than Sergei Bobrovsky, back... or is it just Sergei Bobrovsky? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I think you can look at, if you're going to criticize the blueprint, it's, you know, uh, it's like a fantasy football draft, stars and scrubs, or do you go for a balanced lineup? And a lot of us, when we build our fantasy teams, go stars and scrubs, right? One way, it's more fun. Uh, and a second mm-hmm. way, it's that, you know, even on the down weeks, the stars can carry you. So there's something to that. And I think with the Panthers, you know, I think they've got a good mix. I think it's a similar roster construction in a lot of ways. Now their stars have continuously come through in the series. Uh, the Hurricanes have not. So it's, you know, was it a mistake to lean so much on Marty Natchez? I mean, that was a big bet in the offseason. Now there was financial reasons for why they had to let so many of their scorers walk in free agency and, you know, Trocek and, you know, Niederreiter. But again, Don Waddell bets on Natchez. He has a career year, but he hasn't shown up in the postseason. So I think, you know, and you obviously go back to the special top injury and that's just bad luck and was betting on Pax Reddy's health dangerous given his age yes it was and it, that came to fruition uh but the burns trade couldn't have worked out better so i think you can look at that a little bit re-examine it see if you need to tinker the roster don waddell knows a lot more about that than i do um but at the end of the day i think you you, you do what you do to get to this point you give yourself a chance and at the end of the you know if you're in the final four you're going to need some breaks and they just haven't got them as we all know these are all one goal games Pat, will changes make a difference at all in game four? Because I look at the first, the last two games, the Canes have outshot. They've had more shots on goal than the Panthers. Yeah, it's the power play, right? Like, it's like, you know, you go back to one of the power plays that early in the game where it was like they were shorthanded. They couldn't even generate a, they couldn't even generate like a possession. They didn't get a single shot on the power play. And that was a key to this series where you had a Panthers team that was in the bottom third of playoff teams remaining, you know, in, uh, in penalty kill, 65%. So that was an area of weakness for the Panthers. Now maybe Bobrovsky has elevated that a little bit in the meantime, but they haven't been able to, to generate there. Now they've scored the power play goals in the series, but 0 for 2 on the power play last night, zero shots on the power play. Zero shots. You can't do that. When you're looking for chances, you don't have any chances. I mean, that's where they come. That's where you're going to get, like, the tic-tac-toe kind of goal. I mean, that's where you're going to need to beat Bravosky, which is what we saw in the previous game. That's where you need to beat this guy. He's seeing the pucks really well. You know, like, you know, they keep repeating, get bodies in front of the net, pucks on the net, deflections, rebounds. I mean, that's what they're going to need. So the adjustments, they know what they are. We kind of all know what they are. But they're going to have to bury a shot. You know, they're just going to have to make a tough shot. It's like the basketball thing again. You need to make tough shots at a certain point at the end of the game to win. Final question for Pat Welter. Do we have a game at PNC Arena on Friday? We're not getting swept, are we? Tell me, tell me at least we're not getting swept. 
it just doesn't seem to add up, right, with this team's character and the desperation and the fact that they show up every game. The thing that makes me worried is the Panthers have had the same kind of character, at least in the postseason, where you think up to, oh, coming home, you exhale. Well, that didn't happen. Now, did they generate the shots that they had in the previous game? No, but they still kind of – it kind of reminded me of a little bit like – I don't want fans to take this the wrong way. I'm not saying Panthers are the big brother in this analogy, so to speak, but it was almost like a boxing match, and the Canes are fighting to the death, but Panthers just kind of were holding them by the head and pushing them away, and they couldn't quite land the jab. You know, like as much as the Canes played well, the game still felt like it was in the Panthers' control. So, yeah, I would be a little bit worried about the sweep when you've given your best and your best isn't good enough. But just knowing this team and, I mean, just the human nature being up 3-0, you think that if Panthers exhale a little bit, that could open a window for the Canes to capitalize on a mistake, and that's all they need to win another one-goal game. So I'm going to say we have a game five. I'm not going to say they're going to come back and win the series, but if they do, I will gladly be wrong because we will have witnessed history as just the fifth team ever to yep. do it. Hey. I'm with you. I'm, I'm for history. And let's get Pat Welter back to Sunrise for a game yes. six. Who says yes. no? Who says no? That's right. We're going. I've got to go head over to the arena right now. We've got Casey Hintz live in the 4 o'clock hour with, report from, uh, with reports from the sound we got today at the press conference. Then at 5 o'clock, I'll be live with the story on uh, Shane Goss' bear, who's from Sunrise, the Sunrise area here in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, I was hanging out with his parents during the game. So we've got some good reports coming up uh, the rest of this afternoon on WRL. That's Pat Welter. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Patrick Welter. Enjoy your time down there in Sunrise, and we'll definitely see you at PNC Arena on Friday. Sounds good, fellas. Look forward to seeing you back in, uh, in Raleigh. I'm going to get seafood tonight in Fort Lauderdale, and can't wait to get that barbecue at PNC uh, Game 5. Nice. That's Pat Welter joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete of Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, is it still true that a million is enough to retire on? Tim, maybe and maybe not. The most important thing is to get a real plan that gives you income you never outlive. We'll give that away to the next 10 people. Call right now. The number to call, 800-691-3215. Text TIM to 600-700 if you're interested in texting. Once again, that phone number is 800-691-3215 or text TIM to 600-700 for that deal. A lot of people are, like, looking at the officials. I will say this. I thought the officiating yesterday was bad. It was bad both ways. Both teams can point to something and say, that was a missed call. Now, one, one of them was pretty glaring if you're a Carolina fan. Shane Gossespierre got high-sticked, tried to sell it a little much, but that's neither here nor there. But nevertheless, he was high-sticked. But just over two minutes left, as we have a single up the middle, two more runs coming across for Carolina. That's what all the cheering is for. They lead Georgia Tech 3-0. So, yeah, that one's a little bit glaring because Carolina had the net empty. And he gets high stick with about two minutes left. It's like, all right, now you're looking at keep the keep the net empty. You're looking at six on four. All right? Opportunity to score, to tie things up and force overtime. Maybe things work out your way, but it didn't. And here's Rob Brindamore on the explanation he got on the high sticking that was missed at the end of the game. I mean, we're not, it's tough for me because I, I could go on all day on that, right? I mean, we, we get three knick-knack penalties on sticks to the hand. One guy drops a stick on and I was told early in the series that that's not necessarily a penalty. If he hits his hands and it's like, but that just taps the stick, lets it go. It's not really a penalty, but it was called and wasn't called against us in the first or second round. 
and I got the explanation that's not necessary a penalty. Stick to the pace that you, I thought he called because he stopped the play. I don't whatever. I mean that's not the difference. I mean we gotta we gotta get more than one anyway. So that's that's but that was that's adds to the frustration of the game, no doubt about it, right? I mean, especially when they stop the play. I don't understand that. <laughs> if you stop it, it's because you saw a high stick. Why are you stopping the play then? I don't know. No explanation. Just move on, right? And again, okay, they're the great refs. I mean this I guess you go back to the we need to have review on all those penalties, and then you can quickly see that, but we're not going to get that. And that's head coach Rod Brendamore, and he said it himself, Dennis, mm -hmm. that it's not the difference between winning and losing. Yeah. It does add to the level of frustration. Sure. So it's just like you're adding more gasoline to that fire, that frustration of you're already in a two-hole deficit, now a three-hole deficit after losing last night's game. Yeah, and that's something that he brought up. So when Gossespear got high-sticked, he goes down, Florida possesses the puck, and they actually threw the puck into the empty net from about three-quarter ice. But a lot of it was like, okay, well, the whistle blew. So I thought like, okay, they're, they're calling the penalty. But they didn't. So it's like, wait, you're stopping the stopping play for a penalty when there was – but you're not going to call a penalty because the, the if a line judge sees it, this is how the, the officiating works. The the two referees call the penalties. The line judge handles offsides, icing, things along those lines. Breakup fights. But if a line judge sees a penalty, they can they can step in, but only if it's the matter of a double minor or or more. So for example, if it's a high stick that drew blood, that's an injury on a high stick. That's a double minor. A line judge can step in for something like that or a boarding major, something along those lines behind the play that an official might not see. So that I, think, I guess a line judge saw a high stick, but because of the way that things are structured, they can't enforce it because Gossel Spear wasn't injured on the play. Either way. Blaming the refs is lazy in, exactly. a nutshell, in a nutshell. It really is. In a blaming, nutshell. blaming officials really is lazy talk because then you are admitting that you did not play well enough, in my opinion. Like, in my opinion, if you blame the officials, you're saying that you're not good enough. Like, no, you could just got to score. And you look at the Simple box score, you say, okay, Panthers get four power play opportunities. The Canes only get one. I thought one of the biggest moments in last night's game when Canes are down, uh, they have a five on three against them. Yeah. And they don't give up a goal. No, they're and down they one nothing goal. at that point. They could have, Florida could have buried them at that point. Uh, but yeah, so. Refs also missed a double minor against Brent Burns in the first period as well. Like Brent Burns stick came up high, caught Nick Cousins. He was all bloodied up. That probably should have been a penalty. Some people say, well, it's a follow through from a pass or whatever. I didn't think it was actually part of the follow through. I think he set the puck on. Then he brought his stick up as he was turning. The refs missed that one too. So you know what? Refs stunk for both sides, but you still got to score. Simply what it comes down to. That's Mark Bergen, Dennis Cox here with you. We'll get back into Carolina Hurricanes in just a little bit, but there are some other things happening in the sports world that we want to touch on real quick. Panthers OTAs are taking place down in Charlotte right now. A lot of talk about Mark Bergen, about Bryce Young, and understandably so. Yeah, and I just want to know how long this honeymoon is going to go on. And what do you they mean don't honeymoon? The, they don't have the are pads you, are, they, are they going to, like, split well, up? Well, because you have, you have a new regime in yeah. terms of you have Frank Reich. He's got his new quarterback in Bryce Young. And I read all the quotes of there's poise and there's command mm -hmm. and a 10 out of 10. And I want to just know 
how long does that last? You know, and I, I know we're going to be talking about this between now and September between the quarterback battle of Bryce Young and Andy Dalton. I will say this, though, Dennis. Okay, is it a battle? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, I got thoughts on this, but, okay. but go on. Okay. Go on. Go on. This year's quarterback competition compared to last year's, it is night and day. There's at least there's reason for hope. There's reason for optimism that this year, compared to when you have quarterbacks last year between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold that are trying to resurrect their careers, you at least have hope and optimism with Young. And we'll see how long Andy Dalton can hold him off for. Okay. You say quarterback battle or competition? It's not a competition. The, the, this, Why do you say that? The, because this whole season, this this whole year, this entire offseason, training camp, everything is all going to be built around one thing. It's not a competition. It's development. It's all about developing Bryce Young to be the guy. When we talked to Scott Fitterer a couple weeks ago, he told, he told us this. He said they structured their team that whomever they decided to take at number one overall, who they have Bryce Young pegged at number one before they even traded up there. That was their guy before they even went up there. That's something that he told us. Everything was structured to put that quarterback in right away. That's what he said. So everything right now is about development. It ain't about competition. It is 100% about development. There's zero tomato, competition. Tomato, tomato, but... No, you know. that's it. development and competition are two different things. Because you're actually saying that Andy Dalton actually has a chance to be the full-time starter of the season. He doesn't. Week one? Well, no, week one. I'm talking about this whole season. Again, okay. that's... Okay, that's, we're going to see Bryce Young at some point. No, no, you're going to see Bryce Young for a majority of this season. You're going to see a Bryce Young. say tomato, tomato. No, that, no, tomato and tomato. Tomato and tomato are two different things. They're two different things, Mark Bergen. They're two different things. No, everything is built around. That's one of the reasons why they brought Andy Dalton in, is to help with Bryce Young's development. Is Everything they are doing as a coaching staff right now, 100% reps are focused on getting Bryce Young ready. That's all their focus is. Andy Dalton doesn't need many reps. Everything's about Bryce Young. This is getting that guy ready. This is his 13th offseason, too, so he's... He doesn't need it. Yeah, he's an established veteran. Like, here, here's the thing. Get to week one. Get to September 10th. Both of them healthy. Oh, yeah. That should, be your, that should be your biggest goal if you're Frank Wright and company. That's the only thing you need to have. Okay, so you say competition. I say it's all development. There, to me, there's no competition in my mind. I think there's competition because I don't think that it's a guarantee that Bryce Young starts week one. He will start at some point this upcoming season, but how long can Andy Dalton hold him off for? Well... I don't know if it's I – don't, I don't think it matters how well Dalton's playing. I don't think so. Because even if Andy Dalton is playing well early in the season, as soon as Bryce Young's ready to go, you put your franchise in. That's the – you go with the franchise. That's the way I view it. As soon as, as, soon as Bryce Young is – you feel is ready to step on that field, he goes on and you don't intend on ever taking him off. 100%. Yeah, well, you do want to see what he can do while he's on his rookie deal, but you don't want to – you don't want to go from right from the frying pan right into the fire right away before he's ready. Well, that's what I mean. It's all about developing it. When, when they feel that he is ready, you put him in. Everything's all about development. All about development. That's Mark I, Bergen. Go I ahead. say competition. I say competition because week one, we do not definitively know. You cannot look me in the eye no. to say it's going to be Bryce Young week one. It's going to be Andy Dalton. There's the possibility Andy Dalton starts week and, one. And, and, and that's fans fine. might not want to hear that, but the reality and that's fine i'm just here to let you know the only reason that would ever be the case is that 
they're still waiting for Bright. They feel when he's 100% ready to step out on the NFL game. That's it. As soon as he is. Even if, even if Andy Dalton starts the first three weeks of the season and the Panthers go 3-1, but they're ready to put Bryce Young in, you're in there. You're in there, Bryce. Simple as that. Even if the Panthers go 3-1 and one to start the season and then Dalton starts the first four games. That's, that's the way that I view it. I'm glad that we have different viewpoints on this, Mark Bergen. All right. Real quick, NBA note. Miami Heat, Boston Celtics, game four tonight. South Florida clearly just, is just dominating sports world right now. My, the U gets into the, the final four for basketball. The Heat are about to sweep the Boston Celtics, and the freaking Florida Panthers are about to They're not going to sweep the Carolina Hurricanes. We're just going to put that in the ethers right now, Mark Bergen. Manifest the, that. But, Manifest that. But the, the Nuggets swept the L.A. Lakers in game four last night. LeBron retiring? T. No, Dom? absolutely not. Why not? This is total crap. Okay. The, like, I don't believe this for a second. Tell Dennis me why. Cox. Tell me why. What happened to all the reports? Where's my camera? Hello. What happened to the reports of LeBron James playing with his son? Did we just miraculously forget about this? How he's going to play with Bronny or his other son who might be even better than Bronny? Did we just forget about this, that he's going to do this in year 20 or beyond? And, oh, well, no, he might retire. I don't, I don't believe this for a second. Interesting. Still chasing for rings too i mean i that's out there too but th this report it's so he can stay in the news cycle he knows what he's doing does he yeah okay wrapped up what, what is this is his 20th year in the league it's coming up yeah i think this was actually his 20th, his 20th year in the, in the league NBA, so which is just knows, wild to think about he's, he knows what he's doing in terms of oh yeah i'm not sure the lakers just get swept and that's the headline that you see. And that's what we're talking about on this radio show right now, mind you. Yeah. Instead of the Nuggets making the NBA Finals for the very first time in their franchise I, history. I'm excited to see Nikola Jokic continue to play in the NBA Finals. That guy is just, he's just different. Basketball fans, true, true fans of the game are going to love a Nuggets Heat Finals. Yeah. I can't imagine the league executives are thrilled about it when it comes to a TV rating. Well, I, I, well here's the thing. There, there are ways to spin this. You can sit there and say you have Jimmy Butler, who's everyone's playoff darling right now, and a lot of people love a lot of people love Jimmy Butler playoffs, which is interesting. Seeing as how he's only been on a team that's one time gotten to the NBA Finals, yet a lot of people continue to love him in the postseason. But there are guys who have won championships who catch way more flack than he ever does. But you also get two-time MVP Nikola Jokic, and both guys are going for their first NBA championships for their career. That's the storyline. It's like you get playoff Jimmy and a two-time MVP in Jokic, who's an absolute unicorn of a player. There's your storyline. And he had the Lakers defense mastered in the high pick and roll. Oh, it yeah. didn't matter what the Lakers did. He had that chess match mapped out in his brain, regardless of how the Lakers tried to defend it in the Western Conference he, Finals. He, he looks so awkward doing it at times. Like, he <laughs> really does. Like, he, I'm not going to lie. There's his body movement, that, though. There is, but that's the thing. Is like it, It's awkward, but at the same time, like, this is – you can't not watch it, if that makes sense. It just I, – I, I'm always mesmerized by what just he can do on the floor. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger 
for the ones who get it done.